are listening to episode 29 with Thomas Holdbrook the second and Stephen Kelly. And welcome to the 29th episode of the next report. Um, I'm Thomas. I'm Stephen. Um, Stephen Kelly back for two in a row. Oh my God. <laughs> but um, yeah. In a, in a previous episode that was done, one of the big things that was talked about was back to school, uh, some of the problems that we were encountering in so-called higher education and were it just, just some stuff that just, quite frankly, was going down the toilet for various reasons. The good news is that there are other solutions for learning and that you can learn outside the classroom in a less formalized setting. Uh, you have been on a site called uh, edX. I, I dabbled in a site called Coursera. So, yeah. Um, basically, free courses to kind of learn some new things. Um, what what what's been your experience with edX? Uh, what is edX? Um, who offers it? That sort of thing. Well, like, like, what we've been seeing lately is, uh, you know, n- there's not a whole lot new with the concept of these things, because you had, uh, you know about uh, correspondence courses, right? Like, you ever seen that commercial where they're t- telling you that you can, like, earn an art degree through the mail, and you have to choose which type of the pirate you draw, whether you draw the realistic pirate or the turtle pirate? You've probably seen that oh, commercial. Something like that back when I watched TV. But that that's that you know that was the the standard for like a hundred years you could do that if you really wanted to but that was those are almost seen as scams I know they refer to some of those as uh, diploma mills and stuff like that not not necessarily scams but just low quality educations for the most part right and what gravitated me towards uh, these new things they're they're calling them MOOCs that stands for massive open online courses um, was that instead of just, you know, someone running a, a class through a small company or something, uh, what drew me to edX was the, uh, it's actually run by Harvard and MIT. So you've got two of the arguably most prestigious schools in, I don't know if it arguably, but the most prestigious schools in the U.S. basically, both foot a bunch of, uh, like dropped a bunch of money into this and basically made it into a nonprofit organization which is different from some of the other ones, uh, like I, like Coursera, because it's actually a for-profit business. That's actually what drew me to this one, because it's designed in a way so that um, everybody has access to these kind of courses, plus people in third-world countries and stuff can actually do them. That way you're not, you know, if you're living in Lagos, Nigeria, you're not going to be thinking, hey, I should try to scam people out of a bunch of money. You're going to think, Hey, maybe I could take the, you know go to that internet cafe and take an inter- a college class instead. So. Right, um, and and Coursera is um, you know they do they do offer uh, careers, so they're they're more in a kind of business, I guess, more of a premium business and everything else. Yeah, because they, I know they have, uh, they have counseling and, like, you can have your resume done up by them and stuff like that, so 
I'm not I'm not discounting Corsair, but I, I eventually did not go with them because of the the the, the whole freeness of the one that I went with. It's like so, so there's plenty of classes on the one I'm taking. They're they're free, but I haven't run into others where where the um because like they're like two of the world's best courses online for free. I am I have a feeling that they're getting their money from somewhere, and on their website says Princeton University. So so edX is MIT and Harvard. Uh, Coursera is Princeton U- University. Yeah, that's running uh, this and and they do sell stuff in their store like. Swag, like men's, women's t-shirts, mugs, <laughs> and stickers. Um, oh, and they even have a water bottle. I know uh, people have been questioning edX as to how it plans on making money, and I, I've known. Uh, I read an interview. Well, actually, I, I watched uh, the Colbert Report. They actually interviewed the, the guy that runs it. He was saying that what they plan on eventually doing is. Uh, they, they have specialized software that they run the courses with that has the you know the, the videos and everything, and they're thinking about selling that technology to places to in order. Uh, supposedly, they made some kind of deal. I think Coursera did as well with uh, the Chinese education department in order to have you know something like that set up. So I, it sounds like edX is going to be mostly selling their their software behind the scenes. And they also, like, there's a, the classes are usually free to where if you wanted to just take the, cl- or audit the class, you can do that and you don't get scored on it. If you decide to get scored on it, uh, you, they have this thing called the honor certificate, honor code certificate. And basically, if you meet this, the requirements, you get a, you get to print a PDF of a certificate out. And then some courses, like the ones from MIT, like some of the newer ones, they actually have a, a verification system where it costs like $50 or something. They verify your identity and then you get a certificate that has more your like your name and everything on it so it's a little more prestigious for the most part. In other words, more credible than everything else. Um, and these aren't the only sites that do online seminars and things like that, but these are some of the big ones. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's, there's a lot of them. There's another one... Uh, Oh, I know MIT, before they did this, MIT's website actually has a whole section of... I don't, I've don't. i never actually really messed with it, but they. I know that they have something like this on there. And I believe if you... It's just a big list that has, like, free e-books of readings and stuff like that. So you basically can learn at your own pace, but it's not quite as formalized as one of these where you actually have videos and stuff like that. Like, um, openculture.com's listing apparently 750 free online courses from top universities. Well, I'm going to look. Um, I know there's uh, there's been a few. The problem with uh, some of these is the for-profit ones. I know there's been other ones that have tried to spring up, because um, and they've kind of gone by the wayside. Um these current ones that we're talking about are definitely the bigger ones, but aside from them, you've also got uh, Udacity, which I've never actually used Udacity. 
but um, I know that that's so really there's like there's the four top ones and another one's Educart, which I've never right. ran into that one. Um, MIT has a separate one called MIT Open Courseware. Mm, okay, yes. that must be the one. Yeah, and it's just like the options are quite incredible what you can find nowadays. Uh, especially with more and more people realizing, well, we don't have to sit in a room uh, for 50 minutes at a time to two hours at a time just to learn something new. And it's just very incredible to me, especially with uh, problematic conflicts arising from certain rules, such as the 90-10 rule. Yeah. That was meant to prevent, um, you know, corruption of money, but instead, it's having the unintended consequence of causing tuition rates to go up. And that's what I love about these, is because, like, with with, uh, with edX, I get those certificates, and I'm not, you know, conceited into thinking that I'm going to be able to, you know, because they, not, they're not accredited in, in any way with that, and it's also not, uh, it's not like I can, you know, get a big armload of Harvard certificates and roll in there and be like, yep, give me my transcript. It doesn't work that way. But if I'm on a job interview, and I do eventually plan on taking some uh, computer programming classes and stuff, you know, I could have a portfolio full of those and say, hey, here's some, you know, extra college classes that I've been taking online. You can kind of promote yourself a little better. And that's just, you know, our case. Imagine, you know, the third world country example. Uh, you know, if you have a bunch of those and you're in, you know, sub-Saharan African country, you're going to look amazing if you have a bunch of credentials like that because, you know, there's at this point, there's no... Because occasionally you'll hear people that they... they may not have the money for college and they may not have the money, you know, to do something like that. And you always hear people... Well, I can't take college classes, and I guess I'll be stupid, blah, 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 blah. There's no excuse anymore. You know, I'm on here, I'm taking you know, a philosophy, philosophy class from MIT. I can't afford MIT, there's no way, nor are my grades good enough to go there. I graduated from, uh, you know, our local college, but there's no way I could handle something like that. And I barely, I barely made it through myself. I was so badly burnt out. <laughs> but, um... Life circumstances and all, but I was burnt out, realizing that or thirty years ago I probably wouldn't have stood a chance in college. To be honest, well, the main reason I started doing this was uh, basically, you know, just for fun for the most part, because I'm one of those weird, perverse people that actually likes to learn stuff. <laughs> but um, also, you know, there's some classes that I kind, you know, I I'm had I had all the free time, I might have taken like a meteor meteorological cannot talk meteorological class, or you know something with astrophysics, or you know there's there's a number of classes I would have loved to have taken, but it costs so much money that you don't want to just you know randomly take a class, realize oh crap I can't handle this class, and then you have to drop it and you're out. You know how much are Oh, well, we both graduated at about the same time. When I graduated, a class was upwards of $500 or something. It might have been more than that. It was, it was you know, because when I first started, it was like 300 And then it 
nearly doubled <laughs> as I went in. Oh my goodness! I, I know what you mean. It's it's just scary. And we're in a, you know a small state college, not small, but it, you know this isn't like a big like MUKU type thing. Those those schools, it's like a thousand dollars per course basically. So. You know, like if I wanted, like right now on edX, I'm, I'm for whatever reason, I decided to take a a history of Chinese architecture course from uh, Tsinghua University. I probably just butchered that. And I apologize to all our Chinese listeners. Um, but there is no way, and when I was in college, I would have taken something like that. And I, you know, I'm taking it now, have, doing all right with it, just because. You know, if at any time I decide, like I, I had attempted to take a class on solid state biology, realized I had did not have the math requirements for it, unregistered, no sweat off my back. You know, I don't have any, uh, no monetary investment, no nothing wrong with them for me doing that or anything. So, um, so basically, what I'm looking at here is. And this is not including residence hall meal plans for the local university here. For just three credit hours, just for one class. Uh, as, you know, if you're doing three a semester, just one semester would, you know, cost over $1,000. If you're doing like the full, the whole part-time student, it would be one thousand eight hundred fifty-two dollars ninety cents. Wow! It, basically, for an entire year, it would begin to start approaching four grand. Yeah. And to me, that that's getting ridiculous. That's that's telling me that. Um, you know, it's for some people, it's not worth it at this point. Well, the way the economy is right now, I mean, like, I have I have a, an all right job. I work as a government contractor, but when I uh, was still working retail here in town, I had uh, there. I graduated at the amazing time of two thousand eight. Like, oh. I graduated the. Literally, as the recession happened, like I had my diploma in my hand, and then you know you just see the whole country turning gray outside the window, basically, because it was just the worst timing possible. So I, I started working full time retail. When I was doing that, all of the department managers there were all college graduates, because at that time in two thousand eight, you know, it, it might be better now, but. Everyone was losing jobs, you know. There, my one, of, a couple of my friends got laid off. I mean, it was not a good time, and it was just basically the worst possible time to be done. So right now, it's you know, there's no guarantee that you go to college and you're going to be able to get a job right away, because you know, and people are saddled with giant amounts of debt. You look up a lot of jobs, and they require, uh, you know, a, an entry level job requires two years of experience. It's just kind of it's ridiculous. And all, all people want is a chance on the job training. There are companies that are not as keen on doing that anymore. Oh, no. Well, because when you have the, the way the market is right now, you have, you know, if you have two job openings and 10,000 people apply, well, 
look who's in charge there. You, you don't have to worry about, you know, oh, no, we're not going to fill this job. You, you have so many people. You can treat them however you want. You can get people to do free internships because they're so desperate to work. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know, just like, you know, deal, and dealing with the student loans and everything else, um, if somebody from, you know, say, high school is looking at these online options, at least getting their feet wet in terms of keeping the learning spirit alive if it hasn't been beaten out of them already, depending on <laughs> what school they went to, um, and whether the public system in their area was halfway decent or not so great. Well, and like, and for the most part, these do translate over to something fairly comparable to a, a college class. I, I have done, a, a, like, there's one that I'm doing right now that honestly isn't all that great, but for instance, there's a, one that I'm taking right now on uh, edX, it's called uh, Introduction to Philosophy, God, Knowledge, and Consciousness, and it has, uh, there's multiple lectures per section, um, it's done with videos, and each video usually is about 15 minutes long, and you might have a little multiple choice kind of review thing in between them, and Usually there'll be even clips of the the professor talking to actual students, like they had a camera crew in there. So it's you know kind of like it, what it reminds me of is PBS back in the day used to have this service that where they would like record, like you remember Jaime Escalante, that guy from that uh, that Stand and Deliver movie. He was like the the teacher that went in and like cleaned up the school that was all bad. And I think. Uh, um, Oh, uh, well, anyway, it's one of those movies. He he used to have a show that was on PBS where it was like teaching algebra or something, and it was done almost exactly like that. It was basically you supposedly you were going to be able to watch that that show and learn you know the math that he was teaching. Oh, I, I now I get the, the reference. Um, is that only because I've seen some of those educational videos in high school? Yeah. And, and the guy and the guy and we were told how the guy basically went in and helped clean up a problematic school, but yeah, I, I can I can see how something like this could work. And the the difference with this is you have like for instance that class I was talking about. You've got your videos, you have your your multiple choice uh, deals. That's how you get points. You know, you're you're taking little tests basically, but you've also got a. You can actually, you know, it's not just like a robot thing. The professor is on there, you know, at various times. They have office hours, and you can ask them questions. They also have teaching assistants on there, and you're encouraged to participate with the message board. And so, in a way, it's basically exactly how college is. Um, granted, in some classes, I think one of them I'm taking, he said that there was over 9,000 people. So, I mean, you're not going to get the, you know, taking the class at that moment. So, you're not going to get the kind of, one-on-one -on -one <laughs> attention by any means. But, for the most part, you know, that's not why that this kind of thing is there. If you're going to, if you want that, you might as well go to an actual college. And, in some cases, not having that one-on-one, -on -one, believe it or not, may actually be a good thing, especially if uh, a student's personality and an instructor's personality clashed uh, badly in their styles yeah, life clash badly enough. Um, I, I uh, once uh, 
you know, walked out of a professor's office with a bad taste in my mouth, I came very close to just saying, uh, forget this, I will go to a general studies degree just to get out, try to get out of there even faster and not have to deal with that stuff anymore. Yeah. Um, um, but, you know, I, I persevered for the rest of the semester. I was left alone, which is what I really wanted the whole time, just leave me alone. Yeah. Um, at that point, and in the, and to be fair, the, the teacher in question, they were new, and still adjusting to the environment on, on the campus, and from what I understand, they finally kind of calmed down, and all of that, and so it, it sounds like it's, it worked out for the best, but you're going to have those clashes of personality, so it might work better for some people, too. Oh, yeah. Well, and like especially like um, I have I have one class that actually you have to have your your work in by certain times, but it's very loose. It's like you have you know a full set of lectures, but you have to turn you have to make sure you're done with it by the Monday. So you could like you know sit there and do all of it in like two hours or something one night if you really wanted to, or however long it takes you to read you know, the stuff, and it's it's not, you know, you're not there every single day for an hour, and then you spend three-quarters of the class reviewing and stuff like that. It's way more efficient. Um, you can do it on your own time. I mean, I usually do these, I get off work really late at night, and I usually will jump on these things for, you know, 30 minutes or an hour each night. And it usually, you know, it's pretty nice that way. My question is, do you think that, uh, this has the potential to uh, put a bunch of professors out on the out, out on the job lines here pretty soon. Um, don't know. I mean, it it depends upon if there's an adjustment of attitude or not. Um, there there are those who argue for certain type of markets and things like that who have their own institute and everything else with full on instructors and everything else, and they they charge. A, the Mises Institute online, they charge a nominal fee, so, and I guarantee you it's not nearly as much as you're going to pay at a four-year university. No, definitely not. They're, they're, they're a niche group, and they have a specific ideology that they're, you know, that they push, but that model can easily be applied, to, in my view, to other types of learning. It depends on whether that person is stuck in their ways or if they're flexible enough and, and entrepreneurially savvy enough to move with the times. Um, only time will tell on this. Because the reason I ask is like, uh, you know, all this stuff, granted, you know, you'd probably want to record new videos and stuff every once in a while to refresh the information, but... All right. You know, most professors are are slightly overworked. They'll they'll do like you know six seven classes a day or something. Um, with something like this, you could have these videos and the course basically all set up, and then you know, it's kind of like uh, putting robots in the auto assembly line. Eventually, it kind of makes things redundant at that point. And that's the kind of thing I'm wondering is if you know if with Harvard and MIT and uh, you said Stanford on that other one. Prince, or Princeton, uh, Princeton, sorry. right? They, uh, you know, taking this stuff seriously, it makes me wonder if there's not people shaking in their boots right now a little bit. Then again, I think a lot of those higher education groups are kind of 
I'm going to say arrogant, but, you know, they're kind of like, ah, this is inferior. But what happens in the future if for some reason they figure out a way to, you know, you, you can pay money and you get a transcript or something? <laughs> you well, know? And, and right now, you know, from the stuff that I ha- I've had my, you know, hands on pulse-wise for the number of years that I've, you know, Looked at certain websites and everything else, and noticed that um, that there there is a way to obtain a certain degree, but the the so-called institute that provides the credentials basically says it's up to you to defend your credentials. In other words, you have to do all the hard work, uh, give potential employers you know entire papers that you've written and say yes, I've actually written these darn things. Yeah. And everything else. So, um, the nice thing about a university is you've been graded, you've been evaluated, and you're and you have a nice official-looking piece of paper that says you're you're done. Yeah. So, and and the other way is a little bit more challenging if you're honest. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> so. I don't know, it really depends on their attitude. If their attitude, if they're stuck in their ways and not willing to be flexible in terms of learning, then they could be, you know, their very um, career could be in jeopardy. Otherwise, if they're flexible, that's an opportunity for them to reach more people. Oh, most definitely. You could have, you know... Well, it's like that one class, 9,000 people in the class. That's 9,000, you know, a normal college class maybe holds, I mean, even those big auditorium ones they have in some of the bigger schools, maybe 1,000 people. And that, you know, I, I doubt there's even that many. But, right. you know, it's like you're not going to have, you know, as many students. So they're, you know, and they could spend more time on the little message board thing or something. So, I mean, it's just a different... I honestly think we're on the verge of, you know, college changing drastically. Because, I mean, I've had online classes when I was in school going back to, like, 2002, but they're poorly implemented. And I remember in one class I tried to take an economics class where the teacher did not want to do it. You could tell he was forced to. And I ended up, uh, basically, he, he assigned the same paper multiple times. And so I just kept turning in the same paper, and he... Didn't care. <laughs> oh my god! I managed to get a B in the class because I'm just like, wow, dude. Oh my aching head! It was awful. It burns. Right? So something like that, which is a terrible experience, you know. This is so far. I've you know, and I said earlier, like I there's one class that's not so great, and the only reason that is is because it's basically you're watching videos, like, and then it's not. I, there's a, there's one class that I'm currently taking on here where I, I don't see how you couldn't get 100% on it when it's all said and done. So that kind of seems not really like a waste of time, but it's kind of like, you know, there's great information there, but if you were trying to get a certificate, uh, you could fart your way through it and get a certificate and not even listen to anything. So it's kind of, there's there's some that have implemented the system way better than others. Right. But... <laughs> and that's uh, that's one of the things that it's kind of like a learning experience for all, all involved in these projects. Um, hopefully, 
they'll innovate further. Oh, yeah. Uh, otherwise, you're going to have this college bubble that bursts in the very near future, and everybody's going to be hurting because of it. No, I think we're already seeing that, to be honest, with the, the large amount of student loan debt people are getting. I, the, I think college, excuse me, people going to college is going to contract here at some point if it hasn't already done it. I need to look up some statistics for that, but I... I mean, it surely it's gone down since the, the recession started, because I, I doubt as many people are going now than what they were. Well, you have, um, like, when we did the, when the back-to-school episode was being worked on, um, you know, information came to light, UCM's enrollment's increasing, and that's probably because of what's happening with surrounding universities, so they're students are coming here instead and because it's the cheaper alternative basically and what's winding up happening um, is somebody that I know who's an upperclassman um, she, you know she's currently living in Foster Knox but she because of the influx of new students uh, she was forced I believe she was forced into a lottery system of sorts to see if she gets to even stay in Foster Knox Wow. Um, even though she does fine in her classes, she's an upperclassman, to make room for all the sophomores and, and such. And it's just, I'm like, wow, that that is absolutely disrespectful. Well, it's like the college up here. One thing that always confuses me is they have that, uh, that Lee Summit building, which I think they actually don't have anymore. I think they're actually in the process of getting, like, getting rid of that, but... It always confused me why that was there, because you would think, and that's one thing I think that might happen with these uh, MOOCs, is that our college is spending all this money to have a like satellite, small version of the college, uh, 45 minutes away. That way people, for whatever reason, can go up there and take classes, and it just makes, it sounds like a giant waste of time and money. Now, with something like this, they could just have one of these... Uh, online classes, they could, you know, purchase, let's say that, you know, edX or something sells a course on law or something for a million dollars, the local college buys it, and then officially administers it via the their system, you, then you can also get credit. That would save so much more money than having a building that is barely used and people hate going to, so everybody avoids taking classes there. Oh, wow. So it's just kind of like, <laughs> So, what are your thoughts? Do you think it's going to get better, get worse? I think with all the buzz on this, I honestly do think that these kind of, uh, the, the, the MOOCs are going to be the new way going forward. I with, with how much, you know, you've seen television switch to a digital format um, where, you know, everyone's watching television on Hulu and Netflix and everything... You're seeing um, everyone has tablets. Everyone has, you know, starting to get smartphones. These old institutions that have not changed for hundreds of years are going to have to get with the times, or people are going to find alternate ways to do things. And I honestly think that, you know, the correspondence course has gone the way of the dodo. And before too long, within the next decade or so, I honestly think things like edX are going to be the way a lot of people go to school. I wouldn't be surprised if that were the case. Um, maybe one of these days I'll um, get a 
new account on Coursera. I asked them to delete my old one because I just don't have the time to do any of that stuff at the moment, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, and maybe take some Python programming courses or something. Up, up my skill level some, somewhat. But, um, yeah. Um, just remember, uh, education does not stop once you walk out the doors of an educational institution. The great, the greatest accomplishments involve learning for the rest of your life, and sometimes we forget that. Uh, entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. We are on Facebook, Google+, we're on Tumblr as well. We'll get the link to the Tumblr page at some point in the near future. And as always, thenextreport.com, where you can find all our archives of our old podcasts. And we're moving forward. Thanks for listening, and see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Episode 28. The intro is brought to you by The Introvert, an independent band. Their Facebook page can be found in the show notes on the podcast page. Stephen Kelly is currently writing for